So today is the 8th of March, 2022. So each day there are things that we need to contemplate, such as do we find pleasure in seclusion, in a secluded dwelling? Is that something that we enjoy? And also we need to reflect on whether we're sleeping a little or a lot, whether we're speaking a little. So we try to sleep just a little, but be awake through effort, to eat just a little. Because we know that if we eat a lot, then the body will develop various illnesses, and these can be quite strong. And so we eat little, sleep little, awake through our efforts. And these ways of practicing, they go against the ways of the world, like sleeping for just a short time. In the worldly ways, they say that we need, we need our sleep and we need to get enough of that in order for the body uh, to um, have sufficient levels of various hormones and chemicals which slow down the process of aging. The Buddha taught to sleep between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. In these hours, the hours of 11 o'clock at midnight and 1 a.m., this is when the body repairs itself. And if we get a good deep sleep during these hours, then we wake up feeling refreshed. And so perhaps we can sleep between 10 p.m. and 3 a.m., and then get about one hour sleep during the day. And so that's six hours in total, and we shouldn't be getting more than six hours. Because if we sleep for longer than that, and then the mind will feel very sluggish, and mindfulness just won't be there. And so we should practice like this. And in practicing in this way, this is correct. We also need to reflect upon the nature of sankharas, of conditioned phenomena, and how they're constantly deteriorating. How old age, sickness, and death is something that's normal for us, and we should contemplate in this way. Oftentimes, when we chant, or when we contemplate, we just feel indifferent to the matter. And so we should contemplate death frequently. It's marana nusati. It's reflections, contemplation, bringing up the theme of death. So we can contemplate this in different ways. We can think that perhaps there's enemy forces, soldiers, that are coming closer and closer with each moment. And soon we won't be able to stay. Like how we see this war that's going on now, and there are um, millions of refugees, and they're not able to stay in their country, and so they have to flee. So you bring up that feeling that death is closing in on us. And when we practice in that way, we feel like we just can't afford to be heedless. Because death doesn't come for just elderly people. It can come for children, for people in their mid-age, and for the elderly as well. And death is something that's there for everyone. And it's not the case that 
those people who are born first will die first, and those who are born later will die later. So Venerable Ananda, he contemplated death seven times a day. And we can compare this to ourselves, and how many times do we reflect upon death? But even seven times a day, the Buddha said that was too little. And he was teaching him to contemplate it more. He said that himself, the Tathagata, he contemplated and had mindfulness over death with each and every in-breath and out-breath. And so we need to pick up this reflection as well and to contemplate death a lot in this way, and to bring up a feeling of chastened dispassion within the heart so that peace can arise, so there can be a sense of lightness in both body and mind. Our minds can gather into upajara, samadhi, and we're not heedless. So we look how in the present moment this COVID situation is getting worse. And right in front of the monastery, there are many, many cases of COVID. In the city, it's spreading about a lot. Entire families are contracting this illness. And before, it used to be just individuals, but now it's the entire family. And some people, they don't understand much about the situation, and they're not very careful. And this illness it gets into their lungs, and they have to go to the ICU. So it's dangerous out in front of the monastery, and we don't know when we're going to get it. And so we need to be cautious if we're going out, going into the city, we need to be careful. And so we must bring up this um, sense of heedfulness. And even within the monastery, we don't uh, or try and keep some distance between each other, and be wear, wearing our masks as well. And so to be heedful, to not let down our guard, and to be contemplating death as well, contemplating the nature of old age, sickness and death, how these things are closing in on us. And so we just can't afford to be heedless. And uh, especially for people who are old, or who have um, chronic illnesses within their body, and death it doesn't care whether we want to die or not. And some people say, well, I haven't yet seen the Dharma, so I can't afford to die now. But death doesn't listen to our wishes. It doesn't mind whether we've seen the Dharma or we haven't seen the Dharma, whether we're wealthy or we're poor. It just doesn't care about this. So we all, no matter who we are, need to be cautious. And we also need to be practicing, to be meditating, to not be heedless. To be careful, both externally and internally. To be training, to see death. And to be thinking about how death is closing in on us each day. And so sometimes there are businessmen who think about money, and think about the profits they'll get, and... Um, they proliferate in this way, thinking about how much they're going to sell their goods for and what they're going to get back. So at the time of the Buddha, there was uh, such a man. He was a friend of Venerable Ananda. And he was a merchant who traveled from city to city. And he would constantly be thinking 
about the profits that he would be making, how much to sell his goods for, calculating how much each wagon uh, could take and how much he should buy. But the Buddha told Venerable Ananda that this man's life would not last much longer. And so Ananda went to caution him. And he said, well, don't be heedless because life is short. And so this friend of Venerable Ananda, he knew that Ananda was a wise person and that he wouldn't say something like this frivolously. So he knew that there was an exceptional circumstance that was going to come up and that he should be careful. So he put his efforts into meditating and was able to reach stream entry. And shortly after, he passed away. So this was his great fortune, that uh, he had the goodness of the Buddha there. And if it wasn't for the Buddha's kindness and compassion, and for Venerable Ananda, and if he didn't have faith in them, then it's unsure which path his mind would have taken. So for us, we are disciples of the Tathagata as well. And so we shouldn't be heedless, we need to be cautious to be contemplating how our lives are not sure. And we don't know about death, when it's going to come, how it's going to come. And perhaps we'll die from other causes. Perhaps we may get a heart attack, it's just not sure. So before I ordained, I contemplated death a lot. And then one day, the nature of Dhamma arose for me. I could see how all material things, or forms, this body, are just conventions. And through this, my mind became very bright. It was like something had flipped over, and I could see the nature of reality. And I didn't really know exactly what was going on, but then I realized, well, the Dharma is like this. It's this way. And joy arose for three days and three nights, and it flooded my heart. There was a great sense of inner ease and contentment. And the mind was awake throughout this. And even when I was sleeping, it was like I was awake during that sleep. And normally during sleep, my mind, um, the mindfulness there, would be reduced, it would be let go of, and there'd be proliferation and dreaming. But now it was like the mind was awake, even within sleep, like I wasn't sleeping at all. Uh, Before, when I would eat, I'd find certain flavors delicious, but now I just wasn't really aware of those. That the mind was just awake, and it felt very full within itself. It's able to separate out from the body and from all of the sense objects. And as I watched people going to work, I got the feeling that all of these people, they're moving in towards death. They're going closer and closer towards death. It was like these images that were flipping over very quickly. You could see how they were all steadily uh, progressing towards their death. And so when I saw people at home, it was the same. And people leaving their houses. And I got the feeling that I just can't stay here anymore. It was this yana, this knowledge, which came up, seeing how life is not sure, but death is sure. This knowledge that all lives 
must end in death. And how sankharas, conditioned phenomena, these are scary things. It's like living in a house that's on fire. These sankharas are just like that. They need to fall apart. They need to break. They can't stay around. We get the feeling like we can't stay in them either. It's like a house that's on fire or a house that's in the middle of a war. And so it's burning and we can't stay there any longer. And so we need to find a path out. And even if we're lying down, we're sleeping, but we feel the heat of the flames and how that house is steadily burning. And so we get up and we run out. So the feeling in my heart was just like that. And I read that in the scriptures before, this comparison to Sankara's being like a house on fire. But I didn't really get it. I thought, well, what's, what's that like? And I didn't really know. But when this actually came up for me, I gained that knowledge within myself. And so it's pachatang, weditabo, winyuhi, something to be experienced individually for the wise. So people who see things in this way, they can't stay. They need to find a path out, a path out of death. So each day we should contemplate death and do this frequently, to be heedful. But we don't contemplate in a way that makes us depressed. But rather there's this sense of disillusionment that gives rise to effort to practice. So we think that since I need to die soon, then I shouldn't miss any of the chanting. I should go to the morning chanting, I should go on arms round, I should go to the evening chanting. I should fulfill all my duties to the best of my ability. I should maintain peace through my body and speech. Because perhaps this is the last day that I have, so I should look after and be careful uh, and use this day the best I can, because things just aren't sure. Sometimes anger comes up, but then we reflect, well, I need to die soon, and they need to die soon, and so why should I be angry with them? What's the point? Why would I want to harm anyone? And so we have that sincerity to not bring about any harm through our acts of body and speech, and even our thoughts, to not bring about any harm through the thoughts in our minds and that it's better to be building up goodness. And so through this, there's peace, there's the santi, there's peace. And so if people in the world, they acted like this, they didn't harm each other, then the world would be peaceful. There wouldn't be any fear. We'd all look at each other as friends, and we'd be able to stay together harmoniously. But we're not able to control the other people in this world, to force them to be like this. So it's something that we have to bring about within ourselves. Because the world is insufficient. It's a slave to craving. It's never full. And it's a slave to the defilements as well. And so in that case, it's normal that Beings 
do harm each other. So we should practice to train our minds, to have mindfulness so that we reach a state of peace. And as we carry on doing this, then one day the nature of Dhamma will appear and we'll be able to see into the truth. So we should be really firm in our practice, have this faith in the goodness and the virtues of the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha. And if we see into the truth, then this faith becomes very full within our hearts. And we don't have any doubts left because we've gained this understanding of the Dhamma. This time now is a time where we need to be cautious, both externally and internally. So externally, we are cautious of this COVID virus. We need to protect ourselves well, especially if we're going out of the monastery. We're in arms round, we need to be careful as well. And so we've closed most of the arms round routes, but we're not really able to close the market route because it's something that um, the community really lies upon, that there are 50 lives here. And so if we close that route, it would make things very difficult for the kitchen. And if we went without food, there would be a lot of suffering. And so hunger is the highest illness. And these sankharas, conditioned phenomena, are the highest suffering. So we shouldn't be heedless. We should contemplate and set our hearts on this practice. And for the laity as well, to be heedful, to have a lot of mindfulness. And if you do so, then you'll understand the Dhamma.